0: Welcome. It is episode forty three of the Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast, Monday, March twentieth in the studio. Jack DeRoche, trader. Welcome. Good morning, Danny. Blaine Disrude, research analyst. Hi, Danny. And Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist. Good morning. So I'll start it off with the upcoming this week. We got big one is the
1: Fed meeting this week. Expectation Is 25 basis points or no rate increase, and and I happen to be in a camp, or we happen to be in a camp of 25 basis points to not do 25 basis points would send the wrong signal, and signaling is really important. If they do 25, it kind of indicates that things are not as bad and and uh, everything's still working. But if they pause, it may send the wrong signal. Two weeks ago was actually 50 points that was expected, and now the market's pricing in rate cuts.
2: Dave and Derek had talked about the messaging being extremely important after whatever the decision is that comes from the meeting this weekend. I think they're spot on with that in the fact that right now it's a very much big focus on quelling investors' fears. Quelling not just investors, but also just the public in general of, okay, what we have going on is potential for capital issues liquidity in the banks. Let's make sure that people aren't doing any more bank runs and slow down what what has been going on in the banking
1: industry over the past uh, several weeks here. Right. The next thing is uh, upcoming still on that is that existing home sales, pending new home sales uh, next week. Key is what builders are saying and and you're going to see that in earnings reports of in the middle of April. We got jobless claims on Thursday that might be up a tick, new home sales, building permits on Thursday, manufacturing PMI has been sub-50 since October, expected to be sub-50 for February signals contraction. Let's just roll right into strengths.
3: Strengths in the equity market that stayed fairly resistant with baking issues rising. S&P was only off about 2% since the start of SVB's failure. Uh, we saw a relatively strong performance in growth stocks as the NASDAQ was up 2.5% and semiconductors were even up
2: 6.19% last week impressive to see certain resilience that we've seen in the equity markets itself like it's a very different situation than what you've had in the bond market where bonds have actually yields have come down but you've seen very different outcome as far as risk off and it doesn't seem to re- necessarily be resonating in the equity market so far so it's just a very interesting observation.
3: Well, absolutely. And that rolls into the point of the equity risk premium rising as the rates have been falling, uh, the risk-free rate. We've seen two-year yields fall from 5.06 at their peak down to 3.75. And as we've seen this, equity risk premium has been rising, which has taken a lot of pressure off of equity valuations. That's exactly
1: right. And I was going to clarify that too. Risk premium prior was low indicating investors complacent about risk. What the point you made about the, the market being resilient, you'd think it would would have fallen off a cliff with what happened in the banking sector. The other thing that I'd add to that is the diversification element of this whole thing and why the portfolio should be diversified, because these things come out of left field, and all of a sudden you got the banking sector tank, and you got energy... Down and, and and technology up and and so in some respects a lot of seasoned investors might not like the idea of diversification and that's not a problem if you're not managing other people's money but the other part of that is that it does come in handy now it didn't come in handy in 2022 I know a listeners would say but. 2022 was an aberration you had both the stock and the bond markets down hard because of the rapidity at which the fed raised rates that's a once in in a generation type event but the diversification component and as you said the performance of growth stocks was rather impressive and that was more the result of lower rates and taking the pressure off of those higher valuations weaknesses what do you got blaine
2: and this gets back to our risk-off trade from a fixed-income standpoint is credit within high yield has seen massive spread widening. We saw close to 100 basis points of widening just over the past week and a half given which, the SVB situation. Which means what? So, uh, so that's your yield above and beyond what you have in, uh, over Treasury. So la- start starting before SVB's collapse, spreads were around 400 basis points so you're earning 400 basis points above and beyond what treasuries were yielding and as of the end of last week they were north of 500 and then given what's going on with Credit Suisse uh, and UBS there's been uh, potential for more spread widening there going forward. With that, yields have come down, but those spreads have widened. What you've actually seen is almost flat performance in high yield. It hasn't been that high yield has been decimated, or that performance there has been decimated. It's just a matter of now you're earning this much above and beyond what you're getting in Treasuries, given how much Treasuries have come down. And
1: to that point, that's a diversification element. That you know, just the idea that 60/40 is dead, and the 40% in bonds was decimated last year. This year, they're they're up. So the the bond market improved, and what you're saying is the high yield part of that was acting more like a bond and not as much as uh, being affected by stocks. What do you got, Jack, on energy?
3: Yeah, energy prices and commodities in general have been a strong weakness. Fairly strong sell-off in oil recently in the last two weeks and down just over $10 in just this past week. Commodities in general have been weak year-to-date with the S&P Commodity Index off 11% this year. Uh, Some of this is just coming off of an extremely strong year for commodities and heading into a recession, uh, you'll see a potential lower demand for goods,
2: and that gets towards is this an, a potential overshoot, right? So, talking about that as a weakness, let's flip into opportunities in energy. You've had a sell-off, and we got ener- you got oil prices below sixty some dollars a barrel on West Texas. I mean, look, a couple months ago, it was trading near over a hundred hundred bucks a barrel and questions are now coming up okay is this a time to potentially add energy where where does it go from here and our thought and as a team we've been discussing that and there's still some headwinds that are facing energy as far as capacity europe has had a massive influx of oil demand there actually was slowed down with that inventories in in Europe is actually more than what was expected so that's where you're seeing some of that pressure and then going past that and saying okay so where's the where's the potential tailwind given that you had a mild winter there's likely to be demand coming forward as far as people spending money because they didn't have to over the winter just to heat their homes but you also have aviation picking up i mean china's reopening is still a big factor that hasn't caught it i mean it did originally but it's not catching a ton of headlines now that creates a bit of a tailwind for oil going forward historically oil an inflation adjusted index has been trading around 90 some dollars a barrel so it's sh- given our under investment in oil would suggest that you should have oil prices coming back at some point here in the and next right couple now they're months.
1: trading around 66 dollars a barrel yeah opportunities to continue that might be in the found in the banking sector itself I mean you got um, a lot of money flows going to large banks businesses opening up lines of credit with large banks so it's a maybe a boon for large banks so opportunities there regional banks as we talked about were down probably 20 percent 17 to 22 but point is is that it does create an opportunity for bigger banks
2: and we don't always have weaknesses segue right into opportunities and be like for like but there's times where you have these overshoots right like right. energy might have sold off more than it should have banks may have sold off more than they should have. We'll see on that one. It opens it up where you have those oversells. You need to step in and look at your analysis, readjust, and say, okay, is this a good entry point? And those opportunities are potentially starting to show themselves.
3: Well, we also talked about that $70 mark for oil as a pretty significant area. That's where the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve was Talking about refilling the reserve after they depleted in 2022, as crude has been trading at $120 a barrel. So that's likely a.
2: Yeah, that's a great strong, point. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if the energy department comes out and says anything like, hey, we've actually started adding oil here, because um, they had said $70 before. So great point there.
1: If we move right into threats, one of the threats I think is out there is bank loan growth and l- lower lending ahead or restrictive lending ahead. What else do you see, Blaine? So that adding on to the
2: lending growth slowing, that drives labor growth, drives so many different factors. So if you have banks tightening up, we haven't seen new issuance of bonds in the last week, essentially, given SVB's collapse, the market has pretty much dried up, uh, which gives support to fixed income and fixed income prices, but it means that growth going forward is definitely going to be curtailed. Goldman Sachs came out with a piece saying just what happened over the last week or week and a half is equivalent to 25 or 50 basis points of hikes by the Fed. Whether or not it's a contagion issue is still to be you know, understood. It's hard to dive into all the books of all the banks and say, okay, where's your exposure? How's your exposure connected to this bank's exposure? Is there a potential issue if your bank collapses? Can this bank still hold up? The Fed and other central banks have stepped in as much as they could to try and stem that. It's just a matter of do enough dominoes fall that it creates a bit of a mess.
1: Well, you know what I'm going to add to that is, and, I, and this is not necessarily fitting in the context of SWAT, but that the, the comparisons are being made to the 2008 financial crisis, and 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 it's it's so different from then. At that time, it was a credit issue; it was widespread. You had massive home equity uh, line borrowing from from people, and and now you got stronger consumers get stronger banks. Now they have to tweak the mark-to-market regs for what's happened in the bond market last year, but I actually go back to the early 90s and thinking about this type of bank crisis where late 80s, early 90s, you had oil prices plunging, so you had insurance companies and banks failing, particularly out in, in in the West. And so you had some, you know, quite a few rescues there. Uh, Some would argue it, you know, was tied into the uh, regulation or Tax Reform Act of 86 and things like that. But this type of issue and you mentioned contagion and in the, in the dominoes is really seems to be more restricted to just a few banks as a whole the banking system as we talked about in strengths is, is still pretty strong that's the the hope that uh, it is turns out that way it is rather contained to just a couple few banks that are getting a lot of attention but the banking system outside of some tweaking seems to be in pretty good shape i agree i just there's a potential is oh
2: yeah for sure that's a threat right, right exactly there we go and so with that stakeflation was the other big one right so if the fed decides to slow down their hikes make sure that the banking sector is in good shape they're giving up to a degree, some of their fight on inflation, which allows potential for
1: stakeflation to exist, right. because we still do have inflation. Yeah, in the exactly, system. and that's why the consensus is that they'll still tick rates up 25 basis points because you still got an inflation problem. If you don't, then come back around in the next meeting or in between meetings, they don't have to raise rates or do anything just on meeting dates. But what do you do if you pause? Then you got to come back and do f- 25 or 50. You know, I think they're going to stay the course with the 25. Uh, and then maybe it changed the tact and, and the messaging afterwards.
2: Yeah, I, d- I think they're coming at it with the standpoint of something broke, but it wasn't necessarily a massive issue of what broke. It was a specific pinpoint situation to a degree and that they still are okay to do their rate hikes and fight inflation. Right. And it's a bit of a weeding out of the week to a degree.
0: Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast. It's episode 43. We always wrap with our headlines. What's our headline? Strength. Resilience in the equity markets. Headline weakness. Credit and commodities. Headline opportunity. Opportunity in uh, large banks. And our headline threat. Potential for contagion and stagflation. SWAT podcast, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's insight, perspective from members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee. Jack DeRoche, trader, thank you. Thank you. Blaine Disrood, research analyst, thanks. Thanks, Danny. And Todd Voigt, chief investment strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you.